Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff, and with me in the studio is Jessica Schleif. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Teresa. And uh, we are going to be talking about bulbs today. This was our topic of the day. It's it's mid-January, and you're starting to see some little shoots poking up through the ground. Yes. Um, if you planted bulbs last fall, or if you just have them in your garden that they overwinter year after year, you're starting to see those first few signs that bulbs are starting to emerge. Um, and there's also lots of things that you can plant in the spring for summer blooms. So we're going to kind of talk about both of those things and maybe think about how to take care of your bulbs, how to get your soil ready for them. But um, Jessica, tell me a little bit about this flower that you brought in with you, because this is so beautiful. I wish you guys could see it. It's the most delicate little pale, pale whitey pink, almost with with a deep purple right at the center of the It's a cyclamen. And, you know, bulbs, I think bulbs are coming to mind, even though many of them Mm. are fall planters mm-hmm. i think they're coming to mind because all these little things are coming up mm-hmm. and some of my earliest bulbs like this cyclamen which is a coom cyclamen um slightly fragrant mm-hmm. has a different leaf than the heritifolium cyclamen which is more like a heart-shaped leaf mm-hmm. these are um more of a little circular not perfect circles leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes all silver sometimes with silvers and dark greens sometimes with silvers and light greens um beautiful foliage but then this there's a little clump of this foliage amidst uh ground covers. It's, so it's a, it's a low-growing. It's a low-growing little like, corm. What, like maybe four inches tall? Maybe four inches, uh, probably four to five across. Mm-hmm. Um, they're spreading from seeds, so they're naturalizing a little bit in my garden. Mm-hmm. And um, the fragrance of these, mm-hmm. the foliage coming up, and then seeing these little sparkly blossoms what, right it, now. It's so magical in the dead of winter yes. to have little flowers emerging. I mean, beautiful for us, beautiful for insects that are looking for a little bit of pollen. Yeah. I'm even seeing hummingbirds mm-hmm. around the oh. back right now. I still have fuchsias blooming and so nice. some little remnants of some sages. Mm-hmm. And, and I just the other day saw them coming down to these. So what kind of condition? Do they like shade? Do they like sun? Are they, they pretty they tolerant? Can, they can take partial shade, um, can, can deal with some sun. They're pretty tolerant. Mm-hmm. They like to have some drainage. Okay, so not, um, a, so, not a wet so soil. So not super wet feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aspect of them where they can naturalize. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of maybe plant a clump and then let them start to find their place. Exactly. I love plants like that. That yeah. sort of, will, they'll tell you where they want to grow. Exactly. It may not uh, be where you planted them. But either spreading find. from seed or making more bulbs mm-hmm. underground. Um, these guys spread from seed. And I actually just last night was looking through the bulb book and I was looking at the very lengthy description of how to propagate these and what to do. It was an English book. And what to do with the seed and to soak it and to scarify it and then to and I'm looking around thinking oh how lucky I am because they must be just in the perfect conditions because they're I just have doing it themselves <laughs> everywhere that's like. so great <laughs> that's so good and it is such a delightful thing I feel like this time of year when things are can be kind of bleak I mean it can yeah. be chilly out there the 
trees don't have leaves on them. Sometimes we have these gray, gray, gray days. But then when you have these tiny shoots of the green. snowdrops just oh, starting to come Those up. are so And beautiful. actually saw some blooming in my neighborhood. Yeah, it feels a little early this year. It I mean, does. I feel like I say that every year, but it feels a little early. I know people have talked about seeing daffodils starting to come up, probably tulips. Um, yeah, I'm I'm running around. One of the things that I'm doing, I guess they're really mm-hmm. on my mind because in the gardens, I'm going and having my post-holiday check-in with lots mm-hmm. of gardens and seeing the bulbs coming up, um, seeing some slug damage. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty warm. The slugs are moving yep. around. So I'm going around. I'm slug baiting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing some top dressing with, um, I'm using, I know oftentimes people use bone meal mm-hmm. when they're planting their bulbs. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a little top dressing of cottonseed meal because I have it around. I'm not totally positive that Mm -hmm. that's a but i've used it in the past it's something we use Mm -hmm. with the garlic um when i'm planting garlic that'll be able to come available as the weather warms Mm -hmm. um so So a little top dressing of fertilizer is good this time of year yeah yeah and then and the slug damage that's actually a really good thing to to think about i know um later in the season um usually around mid-april is when the dahlias if you have dahlias that you've overwintered Mm -hmm. in the ground that's when they're going to start to emerge and that's really something you've got to pay attention to with slugs um i We've, we've had terrible slug damage on some of our dahlias. And I have a friend once who had left her dahlias in over winter and was talking to me. It was probably like late April, early May. And she's like, yeah, I just don't think that my dahlias came back. And I was like, you know, maybe I, put a little bit of slug bait out around the corn. I experience and then so many times week where later, I thought, oh, did that? Mm-hmm. Did that rot out this year? It's not coming back. And then getting in there and investigating and realizing, mm-hmm. oh, there's foliage coming up and it's being eaten. So do Almost you, right away. Do you dig your dahlias? We dig some of our dahlias and we leave some in the ground. Mm-hmm. And dahlias are the kind of thing, especially if you're, well, we're growing ours for cut flowers. And so we're trying to keep them at their at their prime. And if you you can just leave them in the ground and they'll just keep going and going and going. But eventually the tubers might start to rot. Um, if you get a really hard freeze, sometimes that can damage the tubers, mm-hmm. and it becomes harder and harder to divide them. If anyone has dug up a, do- a clump of dahlias that is several years old, and Jessica, you know this now because you I came do. and helped me divide I some do. of my dahlias this year. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't dig these up for a few years, and it was just a, a mess of tangled little. And and da- so dahlias are a tuber. It's interesting because we talk about bulbs, yes. and bulbs is yes. like a, a big word, but that but there are many things that are kind of within that. There's bulbs, there's rhizomes, there's corms. Mm-hmm. There's tubers, and different plants fall into different classifications. So a dahlia is a tuber, which is more like a maybe similar to a potato, uh-huh. like a sweet potato. Uh-huh. Um, so it it's vulnerable to freezing, like a like a potato is. If you leave, leave a potato, if you put a potato in the freezer, it's going to turn into mush because yeah. there's so much water in it. As opposed, to if you take a tulip bulb. You, it actually needs a frost. It yep. needs a hard freeze. And are happy to dry out. Really. Absolutely. So you have to know what you're working with. Not all of them like the same conditions. I would say maybe a universal thing that most all of the plants that we're talking about here, the bulbs, corms, rhizomes, like a well-drained soil. Yeah. None of them like a wet, wet, heavy, wet soil. So if you if you have a very soggy garden, it's maybe thinking about raised beds or containers. And, and containers, that is such a, um, mm-hmm. a great option for bulbs. And I, I often find myself uh, in the first season or two of something really special that mm-hmm. I've gotten. I'll put it in a container so that I can see them coming up. I know exactly where it is. 
Because surprise, surprise, sometimes I don't know exactly where all the bulbs are in the garden. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. And as we're intermixing and interplanting those mm-hmm. to kind of have bulb foliage disappear behind perennials, mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice for the first couple of seasons or, or maybe longer to mm-hmm. have some of those bulbs, some of those real sparklers in a container yeah. and, and think about oh, where we're where do I really want this on a permanent basis? Or uh, like with tulips, sometimes I just have specialty tulips that mm-hmm. stay in the containers. Yeah. Well, and with tulips and with um, daffodils, narcissus, those kinds of things, something to, to know is that after the plant has bloomed, mm-hmm. you need to let that foliage die back. It needs to be able to wither and die because that dying foliage is what's feeding Mm -hmm. the bulb. It's drawing food back into itself and storing it for next year. And so if you let the flower bloom and then you cut off all the greens, you're basically cutting off its food supply for next year. And and chances are it either won't bloom the next year. You might just get some green material. It might take a while for it to regrow. This can be very frustrating at times, depending on how fussy you are. Or or if it's at the front of a border or Mm -hmm. if it's in a container. Um, I often find myself braiding the foliage mm-hmm. uh, for, for daffodils. Not a real fussy braid. Um, you can take... Uh, just to kind of tidy it up. Just to kind of tidy it up and kind of tuck it under. Um, mm-hmm. Just to allow it to be dying back, but exactly. in a more tidy way. Exactly. So, some people will plant a mixture of annuals that they know are going to come up as the foliage is dying back. So you can have other plants that kind of are providing some sort of colorful interest or, or foliage interest that might help offset yeah, the, that, that the type bulb of, greens. <laughs> exactly. That you know, thinking about succession plantings with the bulbs or succession plantings with your blossoms, but also within that succession, thinking about what kind of foliage can come up with an annual or a perennial mm-hmm. that can can just naturally kind of shield or cover the the dying mm-hmm. bulb foliage. Yeah. But that's also another reason, potentially, if you just really don't want to deal with that, leaving your bulbs in a container, maybe a container that you can move around so you can set your containers in your garden and let them bloom and enjoy all that bloom. But then as they start to die back, you can take that container and kind of move it off stage somewhere mm-hmm. where it can quietly sit or and fill in die back. again mm-hmm. fill in with annuals absolutely um, yeah or, or fill in with an annual herb mm-hmm. or or uh, and the bulbs will just stay there they're just yeah. underneath there absolutely and i think it's so beautiful when you can let things naturalize and the bulbs will will slowly grow they they um divide themselves and spread and so sometimes you can start with just a few bulbs and if you if it's a, the right place and they enjoy where they are they will gradually increase depending on the varieties mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's, um, say, in the fall when Mm -hmm. we're looking through our bulb catalog and we're thinking about what we might be interested in planting and looking at things that are with that are naturalizing. Often the naturalizers are the older varieties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, They're the ones that haven't been hybridized a whole bunch. They're not the daffodils that are 14 feet. Or 14 inches tall. <laughs> Hopefully 14 not 14 feet, feet tall. Feet. <laughs> no, no, 12 to, you know, yeah. they're not the King Alfreds. Yeah. They're not the, um, they're the smaller. Um, they look more wild. They look but more they're beautiful. Wild, but they're beautiful. And they're going to provide that gorgeous hit of color that you need in the spring. But they will naturalize. And yeah, that's make a, more of themselves. Mm-hmm. A- and we can actually help them along. And this is something that has probably only come into my gardening practice in the last 10 years and was taught to me by a client Mm -hmm. about dividing in the green. 
And once your bulbs are done blooming mm-hmm. and there's still green foliage, that this is a great time to be able to dig up snowdrops, fritillaria, tulips even, lily bulbs, and divide them and do some of your own naturalizing so with after them. they finish flowering, they've still they got finish. the greens on them, you dig the clumps up and, yeah. then, and then gently sort of tease them apart, break exactly. them apart into clumps, and then move them around and put exactly. them in different places? Oh, exactly. I didn't know that was a time to do it. Moving in the green. And, <laughs> and, and, and the it green. was so <laughs> interesting because after this um, client of mine, Anne-Marie, who's passed away now, and sometimes I think she used to just order so many bulbs so she could teach me about every <laughs> different kind. Um, after she she showed me that then I, I could see it in the Christopher Lloyd books mm-hmm. I could see it in a lot of the older English books where they they were talking about dividing in the green and that that's a possibility and you can even do that before they bloom but you're gonna lose some of the bloom some of the bloom or possibly all of the mm-hmm. bloom but that's available you mm-hmm. know that is available if you have a very large naturalized area of snowdrops and you think oh, I just want to I'm going to keep this moving. Mm-hmm. I, I want this over here. Or I want this in my orchard. Mm-hmm. Or Maybe I want to share some a clump with a friend. Exactly. That's exactly. a great, that is such a wonderful thing to know. Thank you. Yeah. I love learning things from you. This <laughs> is amazing. I've not really grown a lot of bulbs. Um, I mean, well, I do, I, I do tubers. I do dahlias are, are the main one that I grow. Um, I've done, you know, Narcissus in the past. And, and it's so funny because, uh, Dahlias. I grew up with dahlias, mm-hmm. and I there's a couple of them that I'll bring into the gardens, like the Bishop of Langsdorf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I loved that one because it had that dark foliage, yep, super the very beautiful. red flowers. I love that one. But I have to be honest. Um, some of the larger dahlias, I don't have a lot of experience with. Too, mm-hmm. too impatient. Me too impatient. You know, <laughs> all that space, and they come up so late. And um, yeah, but when they come up and they start blooming, oh yeah, whoa, well, and what that, a show! Exactly, and what that's a show. for me at the farm this year, being able to make bouquets with all those different types of dahlias, mm-hmm. and I suddenly thought, oh. Yeah, oh, you kind of get the, it. I get it. <laughs> oh, these make amazing cut flowers. <laughs> well, they do, but they're also gorgeous in the garden. And it's it's interesting learning, like, which varieties are good for cutting, which varieties are good to just enjoy in the garden. Um, there's, I mean, dahlias are just ridiculous in, in your options of yeah. colors and sizes and shapes. And, I, you know, I think that once you can, you know, get on top of... Uh, making sure you've got the, your slug bait out when they're first emerging. Just know that, I mean, this is actually a really good time of year to be looking at Dahlia catalogs and thinking about what you want to order. If you order Dahlias now, you'll probably get the best, one of the best selections um, of varieties out there. They probably won't ship until mid-April okay. because that's when, after, that's our, our last frost date in this area. And so because they are so vulnerable to freezing, that's when companies will, will tend to ship them. And that's when you want to get them in the ground and plant them. And usually um, you'll get something that first year. You might yeah. not get the, the most enormous plant, but you'll get some blooms and it will get big and it'll do its thing. It's kind of amazing. I think about this with, with bulbs in general, but with dahlia tubers, sometimes it's just this little tiny yeah. Yeah. tuber that shows up in the mail and, and you're thinking, how and is there's this? there's this DNA for something that could get six feet tall. <laughs> I know. It just blows me away. Seeds are like that too. Sometimes the tiniest seed yeah. will turn into a plant that's, you know, taller than me. Incredible. And so it's, it's such a, I mean, this is a very magic time of year for me when you're taking all of these things that are dormant. And planting them in the ground or planting them in seed trays or getting them all going again and then thinking about, oh, come June, July, 
this is going to be amazing. Yeah. And uh, bulbs are just such a wonderful thing to add to your garden. So some of the other ones that you can um, be thinking about planting in the spring are things like gladiolus, if you like glad glads. And there can be some very tall, showy glads. Yeah. But there's some wonderful little smaller um glads out there that are that are quite beautiful as well um begonias uh things like um uh lilies are mm-hmm. another one that you can start and i mean peonies you tend you tend to plant peonies in the fall but you can often find blooming peony plants in the spring mm-hmm. and that's also a good way it's, it's a little more expensive to buy them when they're blooming but that way you, at least you get to see what the flowers look exactly, like exactly um I, I i guess thinking too you know we have these we have garden rules and, mm-hmm. and we have the times that these are going to be mm-hmm. the optimal times to plant um i have to admit to finding asiatic lilies oriental lily Mm -hmm. bulbs that you didn't get planted that i didn't get planted and and planting them late planting them almost you know in Mm -hmm. the springtime and and still getting you know getting foliage um getting small blossoms Mm -hmm. definitely not the mature height but but that's okay because in the next year they will exactly and and you know it's all or you might have a later bloom Mm-hmm. You might have a later bloom because you've planted it later, but don't torture yourself or don't, you know, not do it because you're n- you're you're at the wrong wrong time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still put those things in, or if you're taking things out of a container and oh look, there's mm-hmm. these bulbs. It's all right to go ahead and plant them. Yeah, I would say like if as long as the ground's not frozen. Yes, solid. Well, and some things like <laughs> if you as I have done this too, um, ordered bulbs for fall planting and then completely forgotten about them and then found them <laughs> and realized, oh, and it's been, too, it's too cold, either too cold, too wet. I'll plant them in containers. Yeah, exactly. And let them get going, let them get rooted and then, you know, pop them out of the container once they're rooted in the container and put that in the ground. Yeah. And so there's ways that you can kind of fudge if you do forget. I it's not a disaster. to to December allium planting, um, <laughs> Where the top part of the soil was frozen, I was actually opening up almost like ice fishing holes. You're admitting this. I know, (laughs) but it was fine underneath. And that's when the bulbs came. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's when they came from the the company. And And alliums are amazing. So, alliums are the flowers like in the onion family. And there's these beautiful globe things so like if you let your garlic go to seed or if you leave uh um elephant garlic i use some of elephant my favorites. garlic all the and time you, you get these in the garden huge um stalks with these gorgeous round white great amazing paired with ornamental grasses They're and so lilies and mm-hmm. the bees love them and you get this height that's just incredible and then if you need some garlic there's actually garlic <laughs> in there too. absolutely i know that's kind of the best of all worlds M- many ornamental alliums though the christophi the Schubertii, um, some of the taller, uh, smaller blooming. These are all deer proof. Yes. And, and, you know, that's something to think about. The Narcissus, Mm -hmm. the Alliums, these are our go-to bulbs. If you you have deer in your garden, which a lot of people do, um, it's kind of hard in this region to not have some deer predation. Um, Going with bulbs or flowers that they don't tend to eat. um, Well, Narcissus are poisonous, and so that's probably why they don't eat those. And the Allium family, it's it's like that fragrance. I think they don't like the flavor of it. Also, dahlias 
for some reason, and I, I feel like, I don't know if this is a hard and fast rule because they're not poisonous. And if you have a curious deer, it will absolutely nibble on your yeah, dahlias. But I've also had with all of the deer that are crazy all over our farm. Um, we had, I had a bunch of dahlia tubers that I just didn't think were going to do anything. And I kind of stuck them out in this little wild garden area that we've got going on. And they came up and bloomed like crazy and were and beautiful. The and the deer them. just completely ignored them. They were eating everything else, but yeah. they were ignoring the dahlias. And so uh, for some reason, it's not a flower. I don't think they, they like it. I don't know if they're like the mouthfeel maybe isn't so great. I don't think you can count on that. Yeah. I would say if you really, really, really want those dahlias, maybe plant them someplace that's a little protected from deer just to kind of be safe. Um, but there are, uh, there's just such a range of things that you can do. What about supports with the dahlias? You know, um, one with of the, the lilies, with the glads. Well, for, um, for dahlias, honestly, one of my favorite supports for dahlias are tomato cages. We're, yeah, we're talking about staking. Because so, <laughs> well, these, are, these are plants that they grow very big, um, and then the flowers are quite heavy. They can Peonies. grow, but even like the, the, the three foot tall ones are still like, there's a lot of flowers, there's yeah. a lot of, and they have a tendency to flop and fall over and become kind of messy. And so um, I learned years ago uh, for dahlias, I'm using tomato cages. So the short tomato cages, the tall tomato cages, mm -hmm. and when the dahlias first are emerging, put the tomato cage on. It doesn't look so great at first, but, then but gradually the dahlias it. grow up That's through it. That's really good. And I've it never holds like that. them. You can kind of tie some of the stems to the cage yeah. if, if they start to flop. You do need to pay attention and kind of make sure you're guiding the stems up through the tomato cage. But then at a certain point when it's really leafed out and it's starting to bloom, you really don't see the cage anymore and it's holding it up beautifully. Yeah. And you can sometimes find sort of wider tomato cages, shorter, mm -hmm. wider tomato mm -hmm. cages. And I've used those for things like peonies. Um, there are different kinds of little wire supports that you can buy at different nurseries. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's little grid things. Yes, the, the little wire circular grids. grid. The, and those really work well mm -hmm. with for the peonies. Yeah, and they they're usually do. kind of a dark green color. Yes. So supposedly you don't really see it in and the garden. And you put them away in the winter and you bring them out in the spring. And sometimes I successfully do that. And sometimes you put them away. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you leave them out all winter and they start to rust and you feel terrible. But um, but there's you know there's all different kinds of things you can do. You can use like twigs and sticks and make little bamboo and kind of tie your own little support. Just know that for a lot of um, bulbs, especially some of these bigger flowers like peonies, like dahlias, um, like lilies, they will sometimes fall over if they're not staked somehow. Mm -hmm. And that can be sad. You have this beautiful display starting. and Planting then... depths. Mm -hmm. this, this makes me think of planting depths. Okay, what do you mean by that? Um, about how, how deep you're planting your bulb corn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the heart, the the rule that I hear a lot is three times the depth of the of how big the of how big the bulb the is bulb or the tuber or the is or whatever. Tuber. Yep, mm -hmm. um, there is an up and a down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, and this is another thing to pay attention to. Um, so if you, you when you when they come in the mail or you buy them in a bag, open them up and look at them when they come. Mm -hmm. The bulb companies want to know if something has shipped to you that is mm -hmm. rotten dried out they've mm -hmm. forgotten something so step yeah. one open your ball border when it comes and you can often tell like that there's like remnants of roots on one side mm -hmm. and so that would be down 
Um, what you're looking for are, are what they call eyes. Like on a, on a dahlia, you're looking for eyes or like little little swelling buds, which is where the, the stems are going to start emerging from. If you can't tell, this is what was told to me years ago, if you can't tell which way is up, plant it sideways. Yes, someone told me that once also. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that way, the, the, the bulb will figure it out. The bulb, And, and it's true, because I've done this. I did this once with, I think it was some... Uh, some either some glads or some anemones, and I just couldn't tell. And I so I planted them all sideways, and they did come up. And I dug them up later, and it's like the stem had kind of grown out see. to the side and yes, then made its yeah. way up, and it was fine, you know, <laughs> and it worked. So when you were talking about the lilies flopping or things like that um, coming over and having to stake them, sometimes your planting depth with the bulbs can really help. If you don't yeah. get them in deep enough, yeah. you can have issues. So that's something to know. Like once that plant maybe has died back. Maybe dig it up and plant it a little bit deeper yeah. so that yeah. you're not going to have that issue so much. It's but, amazing how mm-hmm. um, deep the oriental lilies can actually Yeah. Grow. So it's just, I, I I don't know. I just really encourage people to explore bulbs, get some catalogs, start haunting the nurseries and see when they start to bring things out. And that's another guide, too, is like if you go to any local nurseries, they will have, when it's time to plant mm-hmm. bulbs for the spring, for summer bloom, that's when they're going to show up in the stores. And so yeah. you know when they start, you start seeing them, take some that look beautiful to you, and that's when it's time to take them home and plant. Amend your soil really well. Maybe put in a little bone meal, which helps encourage bloom, a little all-purpose fertilizer, and and try and get them right way up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And see what happens. You know, watch out for slugs. It can be such a beautiful, colorful display. And there are so many out there. I mean, so we haven't even touched on erysemas mm-hmm. or some of the other really exotic, to me, mm-hmm. sparklers that yeah. are out there. Um, Absolutely. And there's so many good, um, great gardens in this area. There's a there's a lot of brilliant gardeners in our region. And so I would also advocate, like this time of year, walk around your neighborhoods. Take photos. Ask people. Absolutely. Knock on doors. Yeah. Say, what is that plant? <laughs> and write down some names. And especially if it's going to be something you have to plant in the fall, take some time to to look for it and maybe if it's a neighbor who's really kind they might give you a division of it exactly dividing in the green exactly <laughs> i know <laughs> it's um i'm excited to now go out and and start thinking about that too it's going to be it's a good time of year to be it is planning. when you see these little these mm-hmm. little shoots the tiny green shoots of optimism <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to plan, to look at it well I look forward to hearing uh, from everybody about what they're what what bulbs you're planting what's doing well in your garden just get out there and do a little more tidying and call get, us up with questions yeah if there's things you're curious about also yeah. um, in your gardens in your wild spaces uh, we're open to suggestions for things to talk about absolutely I know Jessica thank you so much this is really fun I always learn things when I'm when I'm talking with you same dividing in the green okay (laughs) this is my new mantra dividing in the green all right thank you thanks for joining us for in season thank you Joanne for your engineering expertise have a beautiful sunny day out there absolutely I know Mm. and um stay warm yep cheers (laughs) 